Welcome back to the Cross Country Sports Podcast presented by Anchor. I'm Noah Friedman, Elijah Zalonki alongside, and we bring back our recurring super fan guest, Noah Gross. Welcome back, buddy. How you doing? Thank you, guys. Pleasure to be back, as always. What, that's Dude. it? You're just so short and concise. Because- no, oh, I just, no, you know, I, 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 I just, I, I, I have a lot to say about a lot of things that yeah. happen with football. We'll yeah, see. We're going to save boys a little bit. That's tr- that's that's true because we've got we've got we've got to talk about Noah Gross's Eagles, and we'll, we're going to we'll, talk we'll definitely we'll definitely highlight them. We're going to talk Elijah's Bears, and we're going to talk my Colts and how everybody's draft went down, and maybe even who had the best draft. Not amongst our three teams, but we'll start with the fact that we're recording this on a lovely Monday, and the NFL came down with uh, some news today, and that would be. I'm going to hit y'all with an unpopular opinion. I'm okay. ready for well, it. Well, can I just go say ahead, what it is first? No, no, on. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just, I'm very anticipatory. Okay. So one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins of the Arizona Cardinals was suspended six games for use of performance enhancing drugs, according to the National Football League. So that makes uh, the Cardinals draft very interesting because they ended up trading with the Baltimore Ravens and getting speedster Marquise Brown, also known as Hollywood Brown. And now he's part of that wide receiving core. And he's basically the only one left besides AJ Green who can probably make an impact on the field. And that just makes that trade a lot more crucial for this Cardinals football team because they're missing a big piece in DeAndre Hopkins at the very moment. So what, what did you want to say, Elijah? What's your big... Well, is, Isabella is still there, which means that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be the most overused team in Madden this year. Uh, <laughs> just, with, uh, just with, I mean, between Isabella and Marquise Brown, that's... That is a grand total of about 197 speed points or something, but that's neither here nor there. I just want to say on the, on the DeAndre Hopkins thing, my initial reaction to that was good for him. I mean, he's going to, he's going to get to miss six games, like six free games off in the NFL. That's pretty cool. And, you know, I know PEDs aren't ideal and I know that it's, you know, not allowed according to the league, but like at the same time in football, well, I don't judge people for doing it in baseball or any other sport either, but like in football, it's like there are, they're putting their bodies on the line. I don't care if they put like, you know, little steroids in them to try to get an extra edge or to try to, you know, be a little stronger, try to brace, you know, get a little better at bracing themselves for hits. It's, it just doesn't bother me that much. And I don't think it's going to tarnish uh, DeAndre Hopkins's Hopkins's legacy at all. Um that being said, you know, sucks that Arizona will be missing, you know, a premier receiver for so many games. But at the same time, you know, like if they do make a run like they did last year, you know, if they, you know, win some games, drink some wins together, uh, they, you know, like he should be fresh around the playoffs. So good good for him. Straight up. No gross. What are your thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins suspension of six games by the NFL? My thoughts are twofold. Uh, it makes an, a wild NFC West potentially even more wilder wilder for at least a month and a half and i will say this sort of to elijah's point about not necessarily being mad at it i appreciate we're not going to go through a long appeal process and we're not getting uh i thought something i took something i thought was approved and bob this the thing we normally get from guys i took something on accident whoopsie he just gone yeah all right six games like i i do appreciate that aspect of it yeah and and i agree with your point noah because this is as big of a gap i think in terms of talent with the NFC West, as we've seen in a number of years, I want to say, because the Rams 
definitely didn't get better. And that's also based off of the fact that they traded away all their draft picks. Right. And the 49ers don't know what they're going to do at quarterback this year. And Seattle, of course, is rebuilding. So we, we've got a lot of, I guess, issues in the NFC West at this very moment in time. There really isn't a clear cut favorite at this point, although obviously the Rams are the defending Super Bowl champions. But we'll have to see. And speaking of the draft, we just concluded the 2022 NFL draft. In Las Vegas, it looked lit. I really wanted to go, but I didn't. I I, I wish I could have. But in any case, we have two very esteemed and passionate sports fans on this podcast. And then there's me. Um, and I'll give my thoughts later. You're, but, you're esteemed and passionate. No, I'm I, not compared He's to definitely you esteemed. I'll give him that. He's definitely esteemed. Okay, fine. Thank you. You are Appreciate esteemed that, but, as... But I, I, I want to def- defer to our guest here, Noah Gross, because... The Philadelphia Eagles and our one of our favorite Jews in sports, Howie Roseman. I mean, they just had themselves a ball of a draft. I mean, just thinking about the fact that they were able to get Jordan Davis at number 13 after a couple of trades, getting Cam Jurgens, the Nebraska center, and then one of my favorite players in the draft, Nicobe Dean at 83rd overall in the third round. We'll talk about his issues because I'm sure Noah will have some great explanations and then a couple other draft picks, but Gross, the floor is yours, man. How did you think your team did, and uh, what did you like? What did you not like? What are your thoughts? So, as Elijah can attest, I am a pessimistic fan. I I object to, and I've been lucky as an Eagles fan that more or less in the 20-some-odd years I've been a fan, top 10 win percentage, more or less fighting for a playoffs, but every year, I texted my friend who's also an Eagles fan and is, of, is a more positive one than me, and mm-hmm. I said, I can't remember a last time post-draft I was so excited. Not that, like, the team overall and Jalen, I got that, but, like, post-draft, the move particularly in the first 48 hours of the draft, it was just insanity the, the, to to be able to diagnose that, because we all sort of knew that Jordan Davis wasn't getting past 14 for, for Baltimore. We all kind of knew it. To jump Baltimore, get him, and then use your extra first to trade a first and third for A.J. Brown on the same night when you had Hollywood Brown and a third going for a first, just the discrepancy of player versus the return. That that to me was really the most incredible part of the night and of all the trades for Howie is that he gave up a first and a third versus Hollywood and a third for a first. When you think of it in that context, I think it makes the trade even that much more incredible. Um, then you talk about Cam Jurgens in the second round, arguably the second best interior lineman in the draft. I know people are really high on Kenyon Green, but I think he could end up more as a tackle. And but after Linder, if we don't have Tyler Linderbaum, who is a literal generational talent as a center, Cam Jurgens is your center one in any other draft. Has the versatility to play inside. Great athlete. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, actually committed to Nebraska as a tight end and transferred to the offensive line, I believe his sophomore year. So has that uber athleticism the Eagles love. And then you talk about in the third round, Kobe Dean. My general understanding is that Nakobe had a shoulder issue yep. and his response and his doctor said, you're good. You don't need surgery. You might need it in the future. You might need to clean it up in the future, but right now you're good. NFL team said, we want you to have it now. And he said, I, no, I'm, I'm not going to have it now. I don't need it now. If I need it later, I'll have it later. I don't need it now. Per perspective, he's, he's supposed to be on the field for rookie OTAs in four days, whatever it is. So, I think the injury issues weren't quite the cause of the slide. Some of us think we thought bottom line is he's still 5'11". He didn't run a great 40. His play speed, I think, is phenomenal. But he didn't have a phenomenal combine, and he's undersized. Those are objective facts. I think when you combine those two pieces with the injuries, that caused the slide. 
can I just say something, by the way, about Cam Jurgens? Because also you've made some great points about Nicobe, and he was literally my ninth best player. In right, yeah, no, it was, yeah. Like, just everything. I mean, the mock draft. Did you have him going the first round? I, I had him going ninth to the Seahawks, and that right, was only right, because right. of a plug-and-play because of Bobby Wagner. Like, that's right. that's, that's literally how I, I I took up my mock draft. And obviously, after the first two picks, the mock draft just got I boring. had him going at 31 to, uh, to the Packers, or 30, whatever they had. Uh, yeah, they were at 28, I believe. 28, yeah, 28. 28 22. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 31 was Cincinnati. But can I just say something about Cam Jurgens Because, and you probably saw this gross, and I'm sure you saw it too, Elijah. So during the draft process, during the actual coverage, obviously everybody has their streaming platforms, and BR is no different. So Adam Lefko, who usually does the NBA on TNT, he was anchoring Bleacher Report's uh, draft coverage. And he did a good job, by the way. And the one thing that I took out of it was they had Jason Kelsey on, and they're like, hey, Jason, can you stay on? Because the Eagles are about to oh, this uh, make their cool. pick in the I second round. And, of course, uh, they announced Jurgens, And then Adam Left goes like, oh, it's a center. Like, how do you feel about that? Because Kelsey is now on a one-year deal. This is probably his swan song. And right. Kelsey's like, listen, I'm not saying this just because the Eagles drafted drafted him. I'm saying that he's literally my favorite player in the entire draft. And later, literally, yes. it was like the, so such a heartwarming story. I mean – there are so many from the actual draft room in Las Vegas, like Sam Prince, the Make-A-Wish kid, who uh, got to go up and meet Kayvon Thibodeau and announce him. Which is awesome. The Giants. As an Eagles fan, that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, and also he went to the sports broadcasting camp that I grew up growing or going. Oh, that's to. so cool. Like, oh, that's sick. Like, so, that's so many great connections there. But in yeah. any case, the, the Cam Jurgens moment when the Eagles drafted him and, like, he's not a bad player at all. Like he had first round grades when I was looking at a bunch of mocks, he, he didn't go in my first round, but the fact that the Eagles were able to get him where they did, and he could literally be the successor to Kelsey in like a matter of games. Like that's awesome. I'm super happy. That, he can slide in right now. They've still got Sayamala. As of right now, you have to imagine Dickerson, Keith, the job at left guard. Mm-hmm. He, he could slide in at right guard right away. And when you think going forward, you've got my locked in at left tackle. Dickerson left, locked in at left guard, and going forward, you'll have Jurgens locked in at center. That's three of your five offensive line pieces done for the next five to eight years minimum. That's Howie Roseman. That's Howie. And I still, and I will still come back to this guy, still didn't get enough credit. Extending Jordan Mailata before his breakout season, when he has the third best, you know, pass rush rate or, or, or pass block rate on PFF, when, before he becomes the monster he became this year. They signed him to an extension. I think that was so smart. And it gives you the luxury of going, you know what? I can use a second round pick on a center who might play guard early. And later on, I can spend money on a different offensive line position somewhere else. Like we saw the Bengals in this offseason adding, what was it? Three or four new offensive linemen be a free agency. Mm-hmm. Very so I think, I think Howie deserves a lot of credit, not just for what happened in the first 48 hours on day one and two of the draft, but everything he did in the two years prior to set all this up, the trade, you think about the trade with last year's draft going from six to 12, getting the extra first, getting the extra first from getting extra draft picks from New Orleans. Everything came together. And this is what I talked to Elijah about at nauseum. The Eagles just don't historically make the big swing move. They trade a fifth for Jay Ajayi. They trade a fourth for Jannard Avery. They get nice trade pieces, but they don't do the big swing. This was a two-year build to an absolute grand slam. Sorry to cross over sports there, but uh, we, we talk baseball. It's fine. You're baseball colloquialisms <laughs> are very, are but very it just again, I, I I really want to emphasize, and this is just my personal opinion. Those first forty eight hours were, oh, you got Jordan Davis. No, that was two years of building, and then Howie going, let's take a swing, 
And I'm sorry, even if you don't agree with the picks, I, Jordan Davis, you don't like him as a pass rusher. If you think Nicobe Dean has whatever it may be, I have to respect the big swing. I have to. It's a big swing. And it's also like, I mean, he's, he's going to be good. You know, I, I like, it's one of those, to me, it's a very low risk, high reward in drafting Jordan Davis, because at the very least, he's going to take up a lot of space, yeah. you know, and he's going to be great against the run. And I, I think that ultimately he'll also be a plus pass rusher, you know, I'll defend the pass uh, positively. Uh, and I mean, Fletcher Cox is not a bad player to work with, you know, in terms right. of the you one know, thing I'll say on, on Davis is I think the, cause a lot of the talk was, how much upside does he offer as a pass rusher? Well, first of all, it's hard to show your upside as a pass rusher when you're playing 32% of the snaps. Right. And when you're getting double and triple teamed in college because you're 350 pounds and no one can block you, that's not going to happen in the NFL. It would not shock me to see him average. I don't think he'll average, you know, double sacks, but could he be an interior disruptor who averages five to seven sacks a year? I don't see any reason why he can't. And, 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 yeah, and that know- checks out. I know it's it, it's interesting because you think about Georgia and the fact that they had um, all these defensive players go in the first round and then Dean slid all the way down to the third. But what all these Georgia players have in common is that they all went to the school of Saban. And that is vicariously through their head coach, Kirby Smart. Right. Great point. Coach of Georgia, defensive coordinator at Alabama. It all translates to, hey, we're going to get you. We're going to mold you into the pros that you're going to become. And then great we're going to put you in this great system. And then Philadelphia, I mean – Listen, if you're going to have Jordan Davis as one of your defensive tackles, and then you're going to have the Kobe Dean presumably lining up right behind him, just like they were at Georgia, it makes all the sense in the world for Howie Roseman to do what he just did. So, and when you think about the fact, this is the last thing I'll say on them, and because you know this isn't just an Eagles podcast, but no, it's you not. Twenty nine, you you ranked 29th in sacks a year ago. You come back this year. Bottom line, at any point, the Eagles can rush some combination of Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis. Brandon Graham, who will be back. Yep. Josh Sweat, right. Derek Barnett, who I'm even though I'm not a fan of Barnett, and Hassan Reddick, don't forget. So at some point, someone's getting a one-on-one and someone's winning. That's just how it's gonna be. Oh yeah. No, I mean Cowboys, Dallas is gonna have to like they'll they'll have their hands full. I uh, think they're going with, to regret passing on Linderbaum for a very long time. Yeah, and uh, I mean Carson Wentz is probably not too thrilled right now. And yeah, well, is Carson Wentz ever happy at this point? It doesn't seem like a very happy person. Just, and I just, I, I, Friedman, I'm sorry. Just like he doesn't have that like happy, you know. He doesn't Why are you like sorry? He's, he's got a Jay Cutler to him now. He's got a little bit of that Jay Cutler moodiness. I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I think spiritually he's very happy. So that's sure, actually, sure. Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler moodiness. That kind of, but that, that, that that's pretty apt. He, I, he's, he, he does have a little bit of Cutler in him. That's. I, I could agree with it. I, I think it's fine. And the last point I'll make before we move on to the Bears is the fact that uh, Jordan Davis has a great mentor in Fletcher Cox. I mean, they obviously were able to they, – they caught him and they were able to rework a one-year deal for him. So, literally, like, absolutely great locker room presence. It's it's all, it's all going to work out for Noah Gross's Eagles, who are definitely amongst the contenders. I would not only say in the NFC East, but also in the entire conference as well. So, with that being last said – I want to say just real quick yeah, on the Eagles. Just absolutely. one just – just fun, cool thing. Uh, there was sixth round pick, uh, 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 the tight end out of SMU. Kind of a cool story. It was a two-time All Big Twelve at Oklahoma. Played with Hertz his freshman year, I believe. Retired after his junior season. Was going to become a firefighter, and like a week before the test, was like 
nope, I want to play football. Came back to football, was originally trans- uh, committed to Auburn, transferred to SMU, and now gets drafted. Just kind of a cool, funky, weird story that, frankly, only the Eagles could do. Well, there you go. That's great insight oh, yeah. by Eagles insider Noah Gross. That's awesome. <laughs> Love that. Any In any case, we can stick with the NFC because Elijah's Bears are up next in our draft analysis. They had to wait – uh, a while to make their first or first pick overall in the draft at number 39 because of trades they made with the New York Giants last year to go up and get Justin Fields, who I'm sure Elijah is very happy about that happening. But in any case, the three players that I would like to highlight in this case, but you can also talk about more because obviously the, the Bears made 11 picks in this draft, which is insane. Uh, Washington quarterback Kyler Gordon at 39, Penn State safety Jaquan Brisker at 48, and then the speedster, Valus Jones, the wide receiver from Tennessee at 71st overall. But, Elijah, how would you say Ryan Poles did in his first NFL draft as a GM? I think he did a really good job, and it was very clear that they're prioritizing building a secondary, um, you know, which is important because you're facing Aaron Rodgers twice a year, and it seems to me that they are building a team designed to minimize the damage that Aaron Rodgers can inflict upon them. Um, and this is, by the way, you know, Jaquan Brisker comes from the Khalil Mack trade that we just recently made, um, uh, you know, because we traded with the Chargers. Khalil Mack's on the Chargers now. Uh, we got the 48th pick, and Brisker is the safety who we picked up. He's awesome. If you haven't watched his tape, definitely go check him out because I think he's just going to be such a great player. Uh, gives me some of those Adrian Amos vibes. Uh, maybe a little smaller, but still, you know, sound tackler um, and just does everything very well. Um, Kyler Gordon, also really, really solid pick, um, held up his own. And this is a point Noah Gross actually made is that, uh, he, he played alongside Trent McDuffie, who's the other Washington cornerback. And he got challenged a lot because, you know, you're not going to throw towards McDuffie. Uh, and he held his own, he more than held his own. He was actually a very highly rated corner. Um, and he's another guy, you know, just very, um, what's the word, uh, like his passion, uh, shines through his game like he's just he's very very um just one of those like active very very active always around the ball kind of players so i'm very i'm excited to see how he does with the bears uh Bayless jones jr that kind of surprised me a bit i feel like they reached a little to grab him uh but also i'm i read a report saying that uh justin fields had an input on that decision saying that jones was one of the receivers that he was most into um and you know like that pick's kind of grown on me he's definitely He's old for a rookie. You know, I think he played in like, I think he's been in college for like six years, but um, you know, like he really came onto the scene last season. And I think, you know, he's got that game breaking speed, which is always nice to have. Um, I'm not sure how many reps he'll get, but you know, it's just, you know, it's nice that it's nice that they did get a receiver in the top 100. Um, then, you know, we got a bunch of good offensive linemen, you know, decent uh, swing guys here and there. We got an Aztec and Zachary Thomas uh, from SDSU. Um, and then we drafted a punter, not the punter. Uh, Matt Ariza went to the uh, Bills. Buffalo Bills, unfortunately, because I wanted the Bears to get him so bad. But we ended up getting Trenton Gill, uh, so that replaces Pat O'Donnell. Uh, then we got a kid named Elijah from California, like me. Uh, Elijah Hicks went to, uh, you know, he's a Cal, Cal Bear. Um, and he's definitely, you know, he's got a lot of energy, could be, could be a nice pickup. Uh, overall, I just, I'd give the Bears draft a solid B, B+. Plus. Uh, I, I like what they're going for. I do wish that they bolstered their offense a little bit more, but at the same time, I kind of like what the Bears have going on offense with some of the young players that have been developing. Um, and now that we have 
not Matt Nagy calling plays, I think that the offense will do a good job. I honestly think that the Bears are looking at a, like a like a 500 season after this draft. So that's not terrible. No, Gross, do you have any input on how the Bears did this year? Yeah, uh, I like the Bears draft a lot. Um, as Elijah rated in my point on Kyle Gordon, similar to Kobe Bryant in Cincinnati, if you play across from a trick, one of the true CB1s in college football, you're going to get a lot of balls thrown at you, which means A, you better be good, and B, you're going to be ready when you step in the league. I, that's just how I feel about it. Um, I, I was a little surprised they didn't address the edge rush until the fifth round, um, considering Mac is gone and we're hearing rumors about uh, uh, Quinn on the trade block, although maybe those aren't quite as true. Cool. I did l- really like, to Elijah's point, they took, I believe, three or four total offense. I think four total offensive linemen on day three. Just from a sheer statistical standpoint, that's probably at least one starting offensive lineman. The odds oh, they yeah. pick four and none are good. You know what I mean? So I think that was a re- the, the sort of shotgun spray fire give me alignment. I also really liked their, I think the fifth round pick, the tackle from Southern Utah is a really good athlete. Um, so I liked the Bears draft a lot. I was a little surprised, they, especially considering how good the top end edge talent was. Um, but I, I think overall, I liked their draft. I love their day one. Um, I did think that the receiver was a reach, but I get it. He's a speed receiver. You need a speed element. Um, Super disappointing that they take a punter who's not Areza, but, you know, things happen. Overall, I give the draft a solid B. I think they got some really nice players. Nothing particularly flashy. Kyler Gordon's not going to be flashy. Brisker's not going to be flashy. No one in this draft will make you go, wow, except maybe the speed receiver. But I think it's a really solid draft class for my first-year GM and first-year head coach. I will say, I do think foundational pieces. I think Brisker has the potential to be a little flashy. If any of them, he's got, he's got, he's. I loved him as a prospect. I was, I thought if the Eagles traded back, he could be a target. Um, he's got a. Yeah, you, nasty you texted me when we drafted him. You were like, "Dude, I wanted him." Like, he's got, really he's good. got a nasty edge. I saw there was a a reporter who made a really dumb comment about he's you know poor, hungry, something, something really stupid, stupid comment. But in reality, it's like he plays hungry. He plays hard. It's similar to when I was watching Carl Joseph a couple of years ago, just that just, not necessarily skill level or how they play, but just that playing with an abandon of this is football and it's my life. They got a football lifer in Brisker for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's a, you know, as a football fan, that's obviously something you want to see. And, I, yeah, and I'm, yeah, I'm excited older, to see the kid yeah. play. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the kid play. I think um, just in, in what, what you said, Yes, you know, we just took so like high volume of offensive linemen. And given that Ryan Poles played offensive line, and like I, this is it's kind of a blind judgment, but I'm I'm gonna blindly trust that he knows what he's doing when it comes to scouting offensive linemen, uh, because yeah. he knows what a, like he knows what offensive linemen go Also through. the Ebner so, kid, the running back from Baylor, he's real, just real solid, very much like a very, very, very poor man Le'Veon Bell. Good patience, right. good burst in the hole, just just I re- I really liked his tape when he was a Baylor. Oh yeah, no, he he'll be a bear, you know, like he'll like uh, it's like Chris, he'll Herbert, be a right? bear for sure. Yeah, like the bears are one thing bears do well is they get some decent solid running backs. I will say, uh, yeah. so respect to them for doing that. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, I I can't really complain. Um, I do want to ask you, Noah, how did you feel about the Colts? Uh, uh, me or Noah Gross? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Noah has his opinions, but in the case with the Colts, so. They kept, I guess, either Seattle Seahawksing the draft or New England Patriotsing the draft in the <laughs> fact that they just kept trading back. I was like, 
so waiting for them to make their first pick and they were supposed to at 42, but they ended up trading with the Vikings. So they didn't end up making their first pick until 53 where they got Cincinnati wide receiver, Alec Pierce, who just based off of things that I heard post draft, that it was a slam dunk pick in terms of the fact that he played at Cincinnati under Luke Fickle, who's a pro style kind of coach. And he ran a four, four, one forty at the combine. So another speed start to pair with Michael Pittman jr. Um, we still have no idea what T.Y. Hilton's going to do um, if he's going to resign. So that's probably up in the air at this point. Then in the third round, they end up getting a couple of great prospects. One of them I had as a first round grade. So obviously that just goes to show I'm not good at mock drafts. But Jelani Woods, a tight end from Virginia, he's going to be replacing Jack Doyle, who recently retired. The Colts picked him at 73rd overall. And then Bernard Raymond, the Central Michigan offensive tackle, a plug-and-play for Anthony Costanza, who recently left the game at 77 overall. I mean, right then and there, I'm like, okay, cool. Literally getting a first-round grade offensive tackle who didn't even start playing football until he was 14 years old and is from a foreign country and played a for the Chippewas um, under, God, what is his name? The the former um, offensive court, God. I forget I, Jim McElwain, former Florida coach. That's right. Is that what Mac ended up? Yeah. That, yeah oh, up, my gator heart just went. Yeah, my gator heart got the ick. I'm so sorry. Just, I oh. forgot about that. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, you got that connection. So yeah, he he played for McElwain at Central Michigan, and very cool. I mean, we'll see how he does. I, I I'd like to think that he, you know, people had him in their mocks as a first round pick. So the fact that he fell all the way to 77, I didn't think the Colts would get him there, but hey, cool, that's great. And then the last prospect that kind of struck me was Nick Cross, a safety from Maryland, played yep. for Mike Loxley, who, again, another Alabama guy because he was uh, the offensive coordinator for the Crimson Tide with Dick Saban uh, back in the day. So just literally Chris, um, uh, Jim Chris Ballard goes and gets these guys. And obviously it's like, hey, you get Darius Leonard a couple of years ago out of South Carolina State and HBCU. And in the second round, everyone's like, whoa, okay, who's this guy going to be? And then sure enough, he ends up being all pro. So I, I, I trust Chris Ballard, even though he did mess it up with Carson Wentz. And that's the reason why the Colts were picking so high in the first place in this draft. But listen, if you can go and get these really good players in late rounds and see how Frank Reich and the boys can develop them, like it seems like a slam dunk to me. So I think it's kind of a wait and see kind of situation. It kind of reminds me of the Bears draft in a way because there, there were trades going back and forth between the Bears in, in any case. So and there's no expectation there if you if you guys catch my drift, but we'll see. I mean, the, the Colts are in win now mode, and that's why they are picking as far back as they're picking. So, again, coaching is everything, and I just love the plan in place at this very moment. It's just a matter of can the Colts contend in December, January, and February. So that's that's how I feel about it. Is there any thoughts from the two of you on how the Colts did this season in drafts? I just think I think it was just a mainly like yeah, really solid draft all the way around. And it's one of those things where, I mean, the Colts, the, the one thing, I feel like over the years, they've just been missing like that one impact player. And maybe, you know, maybe Alec Pierce will be that guy. I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, I think that, you know, overall, they just, they did a very solid job, similar to the Bears draft. No, gross. I really, I really like their draft. I love Raymond. He was like one of my favorite prospects watching his tape. He had one play. I don't remember where it was, but he, he double teamed and got to a linebacker, blew up a linebacker, and ended up about 12 yards downfield taking out a safety. He was one of my huh. favorite prospects to watch. Like you said, really cool story. 
Austrian dude, didn't play until he was 14. The one thing I was a little surprised with the Colts, I thought they would go with a developmental quarterback on day three. Because I, I personally really liked the day three quarterbacks this year. I was stunned Carson Strong didn't get drafted coming off two bad knee injuries, but kids got arguably the best arm in the class. Um, you look at yeah, that, that and Brock Purdy. I would just, I thought they'd go with a developmental, you know, quarterback. But if my biggest criticism of your draft is you didn't get a developmental quarterback, you had a pretty good draft. Yeah, I, 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 and that was one of the points that I was going to address next because we've talked about our three teams already. I think the biggest storyline in this draft, besides everything that went down, was the fact that only one quarterback got taken in the first round. And me and Elijah talked about it. We thought that maybe two, at least at least two quarterbacks would get drafted in the first round based on our mock picks. But Desmond Ritter didn't go until the uh, until the third round to Atlanta, and then Malik Willis gets drafted behind him by the Tennessee Titans. And it just shocked me that Malik Willis, who is being touted as the best quarterback prospect in this draft, did not fall until the third round. And I mean, I'm going to pat myself on the back right now because if there is one pick that I got late in the first round, absolutely correct. It's Kenny Pickett to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's what I wanted. It's what I've been calling for for months. So hell yes, you 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 got that one. You made the right move. I'm not sure if you made it in terms of, I guess, his skill set because everyone's talking about his hand size which i still have no idea what that's all about but you made the slam dunk pick because you got the guy from next door mike tomlin had the best quote saying we scouted far and wide and we ended up with the guy across the hall so i i love that but yep is, is there anything the next door it, it, yeah exactly if, if, is there anything from either of you that stood out in terms of either the first round or the draft in its entirety anything that stood out to you guys Absolutely. If I could, if I could, Noah, um, it's um, to me, you know, I think we talked, you know, a lot about the Eagles. I think they definitely, they, they are one of the clear winners of this draft, uh, but a team that drafted probably potentially almost better than the Eagles or at least on their level is another bird, the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. I think they absolutely killed this draft. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton falling to 14 is so perfect for them. He just, he screams Raven. Obviously, Tyler Linderbaum, one of the best, uh, one of the best centers we've seen in a while. Uh, he'll fit right in. Then they got, I can't pronounce his name, but Daniel Falele. Falele. I can't pronounce it. Falele, I think. Yeah, Falele. You guys are close. It's good. He is 6'8", 384 pounds. Um, so, yeah, he'll be good. Uh, <laughs> then they got, they, got, they got not one, but two tight ends, in, which, makes, which is the most John Harbaugh thing I've ever heard. Uh, by getting Charlie Kolar from Iowa State and Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. Uh, two people, like two tight ends that, I mean, Noah and I remember from all these Madden drafts. Um, and it's just funny that they both went to the Ravens. Um, and they drafted a punter as well, uh, which is also very uh, John Harbaugh. Um, but yeah, they uh, they absolutely killed it. Like, there's just no other way to put it. They, you know, franchise center, check. You know, uh, potentially a franchise left tackle, and, and Falele, check. And, you know, like that replaces Orlando Brown, who they recently traded. And then, of course, Kyle Hamilton, who uh, has some, you know, people, some people say that he is a generational player. Um, and I, 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 think he'll, I, I think he'll be amazing in the NFL. And at worst, like he is just a really, really great run defending safety. Um, so um, also, you know, uh, Jalen Armour Davis, a corner from Alabama. Uh, Alabama corners usually have success in the league. I, this might be the most flawless draft I've seen uh, from Baltimore. 
Uh, so I just really want to make sure that, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for it. I also think the Falcons did a really good job. Uh, I think Drake London, who I know you love Noah Friedman, um, or, you know, like personally, um, yeah, I think that was a really good pick for them. And I think Desmond Ritter in the late, the late rounds, he, there's a certain vibe to him. I, I know it sounds silly, but I think they'll have, I think they'll have success with Atlanta. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, really just great job by the birds all the way around Atlanta, Philadelphia and Baltimore. Well, so it's funny you say that. I was actually coming in today going, I think it's, let's wrap it up with the birds. I think Seattle had maybe the most underrated draft of the entire class. So talk about number at number nine overall, Charles Cross, the best pass block and talk on the glass. Ironically, <laughs> ironically, uh, they traded away Russ and decided, oh, let's start drafting offensive linemen. But they get yeah, right. <laughs> one of the best tackles in the class. They get Mafa, the pass rusher from uh, uh, Minnesota that was shooting up draft boards, got a really, really, really good running back prospect, my personal running back one, and Kenneth Walker, who will just just slide right into that Seattle ground and pound system seamlessly. Came back on Abraham Lucas, one of the most pro-ready tackles in the draft. And then on day three, got my two favorite cornerback prospects in this class. Kobe Bryant, who was who won the award for best defensive or best cornerback in the country, playing across from Sars Godner, back to our earlier point about you play against CB1, you're gonna have a lot of ball thrown at you. And he held up even better than Gordon did. Just like not not as far as who's the better player, but as far as who hey. held up better for he did better at that. And then a name that I that is this was just the most Seattle-y Seattle pick ever. Tariq Woolen, six foot four, only one year as a corner at UTSA. Ran a four two six. If man, they really the want, perfect, they really want the Browner perfect again. cover three Seattle corner. You could build this guy in a lab. So I just love, love, love Seattle's draft. I I still think that trading away Russ was the wrong decision. I still think you got to figure out a way to get Russ back in that building, particularly because of Freeman's earlier point about the West. We didn't really know what it was going to be, but if they were going to press the eject button and get started on a rebuild, this is a hell of a way to start it. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And uh, I like, you know, Tariq Willing, yeah, very, very like that build is very similar to Brandon Browner, who's obviously uh, yeah, the fourth exactly. piece of the Legion of Boom. Uh, clearly, you know, they, they they know what kind of system works for them up in Seattle uh, and they are, you know, they're building it again, you know, like they're trying to build it up. Of course, it would not surprise you know, me if they got five to six starters from this draft class. It would not surprise me if their first one, to, if, if Cross, Mafe, Walker and Lucas all end up starters, potentially even this year. And it would not be surprising me if in two or three years we're talking about Kobe Bryant and Tariq Bullen as both starting outside corners in Seattle. None of that would shock me. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with and you the on one that. thing I wanted to say, on because uh, I forgot to say it earlier, Jelani Woods might be my favorite tight end prospect in years. He's just, you watched him. He was so, so fun to watch. He clearly did. He was once he knew what he was supposed to be doing, he was so good. And to a larger point about the Ravens, best draft, obviously, Kolar and uh, the Coastal Carolina kid, really cool foil of each other. Kolar's that, you know, 6'6, six, six, like 265 possession guy, whereas likely just going to get down the seam. I think it's just, I love the Ravens draft. I just, as, and the Ravens deserve all the praise they are getting. I just felt Seattle was the bird team sort of not getting their just dues. One thing I want to say about Isaiah Likely. Um, you know, like the way he plays, he's, he's like, he's like a poor man's Kyle Pitts in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, like you said, very vertical, you know, get downfield, you know, not the, not the blocking guy, but like he could create a lot of mismatches and that's just, you know, the way the Ravens like to play football ground and pound and then, you know, get the ball to their tight ends. 
uh, with, you know, especially like an elite guy like Mark Andrews in there. That's that's three really, really good tight ends for a team that loves to run the football. So like the it reminds me of Alan good. Lazard a lot. A lot of like Alan Lazard, Dan Arnold do his game. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And um, and yeah, I think, you know, I just think the Ravens absolutely, absolutely killed it. And speaking of Alan Lazard, I think the Packers also had a really good draft. Uh, there's something yeah. Noah was talking about yesterday. And it's annoying to say because I hate him, but like, you know, they got two really, couple really good receivers, including Romeo Dubs, who I thought was, who was, who has been one of my favorite prospects. Uh, they got him in the fourth round. I can't believe he fell. Um, yeah. And the, the Christian Watkins kid, I think is going to be really good. He's got a lot of speed. Got my favorite. Uh, also, Edge. the thing is they, they have the advantage of playing with Aaron Rodgers, so they don't need to be good. They should have to right. be able to get open because he will find you. Yeah, I take my favorite day three edge, uh, Eggenbear from South Carolina. Really, re- I think it could be a real, and th- with them, particularly on their defensive side of the draft, took Quay Walker, they took uh, other George linemen. It's all about versatility. Both their first round picks can play four spots on their on their line slash linebacking core. So I just, I just, I just overall thought they had a really solid fundamental draft. Yes. Can I just interject here and say that Neither of you guys, I mean, you guys obviously analyzed the hell out of whatever you guys were just talking about, but can we talk about the fact that the two of the most irrelevant teams in the NFL had the best draft? And that would be the New York football giants and the New York Jets. Starting with the Jets, they were able to get Sauce Gardner at four after Derek Stingley went three to the Houston Texans. I honestly thought that. I, I, I thought just based off of like draft anticipation and hype that Gardner was going to go before Stingley and especially because of the injury history to Stingley in the 2021 season, but the Jets ended up taking Stingley at four. I mean, or I'm sorry, Gardner at four. That's a great move for them. They were able to get Garrett Wilson, who was my top wide receiver prospect at 10 overall. And then Jermaine Johnson, the second, who I just completely forgot about the edge yeah. rusher from Florida mm-hmm. state goes 26 overall. The Jets traded back into the first round to get him. Then Noah Gross talked about how um, how Walker from Michigan State was his top uh, r- running back prospect. I thought Brees Hall had the best lead up to the NFL draft, and I thought that he had a great season at Iowa State, yeah. running behind uh, Brock Purdy and going with Matt Campbell, their, their head coach. They were able to get him at 36, and then another tight end prospect who I thought did really well leading up to this point, Jeremy Ruckert, the Ohio State guy at right. 101 overall. I mean, if if I can't watch all the college football in the world, especially this past season, and I can recognize names on a draft board like the Jets just had, I mean, slam dunk for them. Give me everything from that Jets draft. And then Absolutely. with the Giants, having the fifth and seventh picks overall, what did they end up doing right after the Jets selection at four? Oregon rusher Kayvon Thibodeau goes at five, who I, I talked about this with Elijah. I just love him. He's death. the best player in the class. Like, he's the best player in the class. He's he's incredible. Probably. And for, for him, why did he not go first overall? Oh, I, here I I I I I'll go off in a second. He had this weird thing. I was talking about this in depth. A friend of mine who who he he works for CAA and is a sports agent and, and knows some people knows some people. Essentially, in his interview process, and if you watch, they asked him on I think NFL Network like, why do you think you're not considered the top prospects? And he said like. They ask me, what will you feel like if I don't take you? And you're supposed to you're supposed to respond, I'm the best player and I'm gonna bite someone in the knees and burr to burr to burr. And his response instead is I've busted my ass for a decade playing football to get to this point. So of the 31 other guys are gonna go tonight, where I hope we all go to great situations and all of us thrive. 
which I want that mentality out of my yeah, that's a, that's, that's But I get why someone like Detroit, who's got Mr. Bite him in the knees, may, might not have wanted that. In my opinion, Thibodeau is the most athletically gifted and overall best player in this draft class. I mean, yeah, he's play. He he he's um he's one of those guys who I feel like he's just going to wreck a lot of plays. Yeah, it's, it's and then you get Evan Neal at seven. Like that's that's who can two. play all five spots on your line. Will step in day one and be a good and be a good football player. Yeah, Giants had as much as it pains me to say it. Giants had a great Giants had a great first round. I think day two and three got away from them a little bit with some of their picks, but their first two picks, absolute slam dunks. And it was smart to go Thibodeau and come back to the lineman at seven, knowing there would be one there and not risk having Thibodeau go at six. Oh, right, right. You know, because you, you, you wanted to get Thibodeau at that spot. Right. Um, yeah, and, and then Panthers in between those picks ended up getting Kikumu uh, at, at six, the yeah. NC State kid who literally grew up going to Panthers games, loved every moment of that. So that's another yeah. great story right there, as a matter of fact. But yeah, the Giants in the second round, they got mm-hmm. Wandale Robinson, a wide receiver from Kentucky. And people were like, oh God, he's like Sterling Shepard, who's already on the team. You know, how is he going to fit in? So we'll see if he can develop into a prospect. And then yeah. my, my one of my personal favorite picks was uh, Arizona State defensive tackle, DJ Davidson, but that's only because he went to Arizona State. The Giants... Yeah. Had- getting him in the sixth round at 147 overall. So. Yeah, also Daniel Bellinger from SDSU. So we, we're both well represented True. here. True, Eskimo bros. No. Let's go. Kind of. You're so in close. Any, in any case, I really wanted to talk about the, the Giants and the Jets drafts just because they've they, – they, well, especially with the Giants having a new GM and Joe Shane who comes over from the Buffalo Bills organization. Brian Dabble, the coach. Knocked it out of the freaking park, man. I mean, I think that they might win 11 games between the two of them. All right. Hang on. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Daniel Jones is still their quarterback. Yes. They are still their defense. I said between they the two of them. Receiving. What, 11 wins? Did I hear that properly? No, no, no between, no, between the, the Jets the and the Giants. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I think even for the Giants, I was like, okay, between no, the two of them, sure. Sorry, I feel like I'm going, whoa. Oh, you're that's good, you're a, yeah. that's a no, I think, you know, it might be like, you know, I think I could see five and 12 for the Giants yeah, and no, six I, and 11 I, I for the Jets. Particularly the Jets. I like what the Jets did last season, too. The Giants, I think we all kind of agree last offseason, the Giants kind of screwed the pooch a bit. I liked the Jets last offseason, and I think they built some really nice pieces. I also have much more confidence in Zach Wilson than I do in Daniel Jones. Oh, Zach Wilson, I, I think, is great. Like, I still, yeah. I, I have and no. And if I can make one last point about the Eagles, yeah. uh, the, maybe the biggest piece of news, it is more bigger than Jordan Davis, bigger than N'Kobe Dean, bigger than A.J. Brown. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is moving to tight end, folks. So maybe we'll finally see some return on investment of the greatest second-round pick in NFL history, J.J. Oh, Ortega-Whiteside. I, I was going to say, people forget that the Eagles could have had D.K. Metcalf and they went with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. So, so that one I don't get D.K. as mad about because – 62 whatever picks happen for DK. Here's yeah. the one that'll really kill you from like an Eagles fan perspective. Go back a year previously. If you take Justin Jefferson over Jalen Rager, you don't need to move up for Devontae. In back-to-back drafts, you take Justin Jefferson, Micah Parsons, get offensive and defensive rookies in the years in back-to-back classes. Instead, yeah, Jalen Rager. That's, I will the say, one, though, that's the one that will always kill me. DK, I can let go. There was a reason got 62 other teams passed on him. That one, know, though, when the Vikings footage gets leaked of the Vikings laughing as they take Rager, come on. Who, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw, deleted all of his Eagles Instagram stuff. And my favorite thing has been Eagles fans going, 
were you here to begin with? I wasn't, I didn't know that. My bad. That, that is funny. I will say though, I mean, yeah, I, I just, I wish that I had some kind of, some kind of like, some kind of story about my team's draft. Team's so good in the draft historically that I don't really have like anything to compare, compare with yours in terms of misery. Uh, but um, the ultimate butterfly effect. No, it's a, uh, I, that's, <laughs> the, 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 I mean, you know, I, we, we have this conversation. Noah Gross and I have this conversation often, but it's like, yes, I know that the Eagles drafted Rager instead of Justin Jefferson, but like when it comes to drafting a guy instead of a guy who's better, um, I think that I win in this regard. At a certain point, at a certain point, at a certain point, we gotta go. let this go, though. No, I, I mean, I, I, I believe me, I've let it go at this point. You know, we got Justin Fields, we moved on. Absolutely, who I, still who love I think is really good. He's gonna beat Kenny Pickett for the starting job, and he's gonna kick ass in Pittsburgh. But um, <laughs> at the same time, yeah, like I mean. You know, just what it, like historically, we also passed on Aaron Rodgers back in 2005, and that's still kicking our ass. So did mostly so, everybody, so you don't really have a whole lot of uh, beef there because he went what 24. Oh, I do, I do. I mean, we, we, get, we, get, can, I get like, beef there. we we all. I mean, I can't because the Colts had Peyton Manning at the time, and the Eagles had they had McNabb at the time. So like, so yeah, so yeah, I do. And we have who do we have? Oh yeah, Rex Grossman. Oh yeah, go for it. Hey, 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 hey. A Jew hey, and a Gator. Watch yourself. He wasn't, he wasn't Jewish. <laughs> Watch I yourself. I don't, I, don't think think he, I don't think he is Jewish. Grossman isn't a Jew? Well, I mean, listen, Grossman is a Jewish name. I don't it's think... It's a Jewish name, but I'm pretty sure he's not Jewish. Yeah, I don't oh, think man, so. That, that I, just shattered I, my I, world. I know someone whose last name is Goldstein, and he's not Jewish. That's just weird. I, I know, that's right? Crazy. Yeah, that's like, that's crazy. I, I won't say anymore. I probably said too much as it is. But in any case... Listen, boys, this this was super fun. And I feel oh, like this we, we could keep going for hours on end because obviously, like I mentioned, both Elijah and Noah Gross are very passionate about their teams. And you could got you guys could probably create a, a Bears Eagles like crossover musical in a due amount of time because of how much that's, that's, <laughs> that's actually a really, really good idea. Like um, a Chicago Philadelphia love story. I don't know. Because everyone knows how much those two cities get along and love each other. Yeah. I mean, we don't hate each other. It's not like the, I mean, it's not like New York and Philly and it's not like y'all aren't St. Louis or Milwaukee or, you know, True. or Boston. And I love that. America. And I love that me and Elijah now have a bond, a bond over the hatred of the Cardinals because they tried to kill like seven Mets players. That's a fun thing true. for us. Oh yeah, that's true. That's nice. Oh, that's a, that's, the, that's a fine point. See, we're crossing over into sports again. Like, See, look at that. It's like, like the, the, the only my only issue is that the the Cubs are garbage. That, but that was expected, dude. Like, uh, yeah, it, it was expected. Say it a Suzuki for rookie of the year, though. No questions asked. Absolutely, yeah, probably. We're, we're, we're picking probably. it. If we were BBWA members, BBWA members, we would pick that in an instant. But in any case, we have had a lot of fun making our great picks in this. 2022 post NFL draft discussion. No gross. So glad that you could join us again. Thanks again for coming on. Um, Elijah, always great. You can get our podcast, cross country sports podcast, anywhere that you get podcasts and go like Elijah's sports network, easy sports network, because again, great content there. Still need to catch up on my stuff. And the next time that we talk, uh, the, Full NFL schedule for 2022 will be released because that's happening a week from Thursday. So yep. that's 
that, that, that stuff that we're going to dive into and uh, preview matchups and hopefully everyone stays healthy throughout the year. And that's it. Oh, yeah. Shalom, friends. As always, thanks for having me on, boys.